Here we go. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. Glad to be with you here today. All right. Good stuff. Let's get this rolling. I've got uh, I've got a lot to talk about. And one of the things here that we've got to get to uh, here, I, and I know I'll get to the Trump interview. Uh, that is very important. We've got to get to that. But I've got to get into this reaction to Twitter. Because it is the story that keeps on giving. What do I mean by that? Well, this thing just, um, they won't, they are, they are out of their minds over this whole deal. And they being, well, our friends on the left, uh, the people on the center, interestingly enough, are, you know, cautiously optimistic. But the people that enjoyed pressing that report button, that loved to identify tweets that made them angry, they gave them visceral bad reactions. Um, those folks are not having a great day. Musk said today, no one has a right not to be offended. And that is the critical issue here uh, that, is, uh, that is driving this entire response because people think they're going to be offended people know they're going to be offended people enjoyed a platform where their offense could be remediated by uh, powerful moderators the subjective versus objective standard we deal with this a lot in the law the subjective standard of course being one that is qualitative uh, that is based on perception based on one's sense of what is, um, let's say, harmful, that is dangerous, that is offensive, that drives, in many cases, uh, in these social platforms, definitions of what is hate speech, right? They don't go with the legal definition. They go with a subjective uh, definition based on how it's making one person, particularly the receiver of the information, feel. And the efforts to make Twitter the safe space, right? There had a team that was on a mission to create a healthy forum of, for Twitter. Uh, and they, they're, of course, um, ultimately what they did was they just got people um, off and booted who were not on the same page with us. So I have this great, I wanna play this uh, and get to it because Brian Stelter yesterday on CNN, he, <laughs> After getting the entire CNN Plus debacle uh, went up in smoke, he, this is what he said about Twitter and whether Twitter would be a place that you'd want to hang out now that Elon Musk owns it. Listen to this. I, I think that's, a, a, that's, a, that's a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is if you, uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea that there's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I, am I crazy, Matt? Well, it's a party where there are no rules. Do you want to get anywhere near that? Well, I, I do. I think that party sounds like fun. I don't know that necessarily that's what Twitter is going to be like. 
Uh, but I do think, I do think that it's certainly going to have less rules, and it's going to have less arbitrary rules. Twitter is already, I could report this, friends, is already more fun. First off, a number of conservatives who just self-remove themselves from the platform have uh, come back, and they are happy to do so. A number of accounts we noticed, for example, Tucker Carlson, who had been uh, put on some sort of suspension or permanent suspension, not sure exactly, he returned back to the platform yesterday. Uh, the counts, follower counts, widely reported for months, if not years, that conservative accounts were being throttled down, that notifications for those accounts were, were being subdued in an effort to make them less visible. Those accounts all seem to be now growing in number of followers, and that could just be the fact that people are coming back on the platform, seeing what's going on, and are certainly being more active. This, all of this, comes back to the original argument that I've made from the beginning, is this is a good business decision on, on Musk's part. Because this engagement... This activity all drives up the value of the company. So there is a business argument behind all of this. This is not just the, the effort to, uh, to, to rule and dominate the world, but Stelter, does, he misses the point. As per usual, Stelter complaining that this is going to be a party where anything goes. Do you really want to go to that kind of party? Well, maybe Stelter is not the guy that wants to go to the kind of party where anything goes, where there are no rules. <laughs> well, he, doesn't, he doesn't look like a fun guy. But more importantly, he wants to go to a party where no one disagrees with him. He wants to go to a party where everybody is told to adore him. Everybody's told to agree with him. And if they don't, they get booted out of the party. The level of petulance, of immaturity, of just plain silliness in all of this um, is, 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 is just beautiful to watch. And, uh, and, it's, and, and I'll tell you, behind all of it, of course, is are, are some revelations and the one of the revelations is that they they are now openly talking about all the ways that elon musk could use his power of owning twitter for evil but inadvertently <laughs> they're actually saying the quiet part aloud they're actually talking about how it is that Perhaps one person or a few people could control national dialogue uh, during, let's say, a political uh, uh, cycle and election and shift political opinions one way or the other. Now, to me, this is, uh, this is uh, something that we know has happened on Twitter, has historically been occurring. Uh, no big secret about that. Uh, and yet... Whenever we've addressed this concern, Twitter says, well, no, 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 these algorithms and whatnot, we just don't do this. And now we have some sense that it is possible uh, that this actually is happening. There is a soundbite here I want to play, an MSNBC soundbite. Look, this, the, the host here is saying exactly, exactly what we've long suspected has been going on Twitter against us. And so listen to this. This is, uh, this is fantastic. Uh, you don't want to miss one second of this. And here we go. Own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, 
or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper, a world helper, if you will. A world helper, if you will. But guess what you could do if you're Elon Musk? You could just kind of turn down the reach of Twitter. You could just turn it down. You could, you could just amplify certain political viewpoints over others. Uh, you could, you know, you could mute certain voices entirely. They literally banned a sitting president. And don't get at me, right? Don't get at me that it's January 6th and whatnot. This is absurd. As long as Putin has his Twitter account, the president of Russia has his Twitter account, uh, and you're taking Trump's away, that argument is just is, is, is asinine and goes out the window. No, no, people didn't. No, that's what it is. So they literally, not secretly, literally, openly, obviously muted the most powerful political voice in America. And that would have been certainly in its time in early 2020, early 2021. So this is, and, and, he, and they say it, they say it openly. They just say, this is all the things that Musk could do without a hint of irony, without a hint of self-reflection or any kind of introspection. They act this way. By the way, the same thing right now is going on with Taylor Lawrence. I know we talked about this last week. She's the reporter who doxed the libs of TikTok creator, and she's crying about the abuse that's being hurled her way. Literally, this woman publishes an article about the owner of the libs of TikTok or the creator of libs of TikTok, publishes her name, her home address, her phone number, uh, her religious affiliation, what she does for a living, her licensing, the lady is a realtor, puts all of that into the original article that goes up on WashingtonPost.com and then is now crying that people are going around asking for her information. <laughs> and she's crying specifically that I guess there's a reporter or a publication in New York that took out a billboard. And I know something about billboards. I uh, you know, have a couple of them around town. They literally put out one billboard in New York City, criticizing her, not putting up her personal information, criticizing her, and she's crying about it. There's no hint of, of introspection, no hint of acceptance of seeing that what she did was wrong. And the reason is, and it comes back to the subjective standard that I, I, I've, I've spoken about before, and on the basis of which a lot of conservative viewpoints were silenced on Twitter, the subjective standard, of course, being that if you're libs of TikTok and you are, quote unquote, transphobic, you are, quote unquote, homophobic, you are advancing this kind of agenda, well, then you deserve the worst of the worst. And this reporter, Taylor Lawrence, and a lot of these folks, you know, who, who you know, are there moving the needle around in the past and muting Trump and muting conservatives, they see themselves as white knights. They see themselves as the saviors of America. They think, worst of all, and this is something even if you don't like Trump, even if you don't like any of this, if you are a left-wing person, the worst part about this is, is these folks think you are too stupid to be able to sort out any of this information for yourself. 
And that, that is what we all should be taking away. Every time you hear a crying, crazy liberal on here, on this, oh, I'm out of Twitter, I'm done, I'm, I'm, I'm gone, I'm not doing this, this is terrible, it's the end of democracy as we know it. What they're really saying is, you cannot handle competing viewpoints. You need to only hear, quote unquote, the truth, according to my personal subjective standard. And they see themselves as the white knights and nothing we do will change their minds. Okay, we gotta take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. What's right with Sam and Ash? Back right after this. Sam and Ash Injury Law has been named the official injury attorneys of the Henderson Silver Knights. Sam and Ash Injury Law, they care, they help, you win. 702-820-1234 or salmonashlaw.com because you deserve what's right. What's right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Sean King, one of the BLM people, he's, uh, first he said he was getting off of Twitter because of Musk. Now he says he's back on, that he's staying on. He intends to remain in place. And my response to this is great. That's good. I want everybody on Twitter. I want everybody engaging with each other. Uh, I know a lot of my friends have expressed things. Look, look, conservatives, all right? Now, don't be dicks, right? Don't go out there and don't just, don't be gratuitous jerks to people. Don't ruin this. Um, And I think that's, of course, uh, true. I mean, I don't think you, you should, any human being should go out of their way to be gratuitously cruel to another human being. Plus, I think, in my view, discourse conversations are, um, well, they're always more beneficial when you when you when you try to understand the other side of the argument, and when you do that, of course, you can learn things, and also you have a, you have an opportunity to, to persuade. And I would say that that's the governing principle that we've lost in debate. I think part of that is our education system. We used to encourage debate in classrooms and and classical debate, you know, where you're assigned a position. And it might not be a position you agree with, but you have to make an argument for it. And all of a sudden you're grappling with it. I, I know in law school they you know, they do this a lot because as attorneys, you know, we oftentimes represent parties uh, that we don't necessarily uh, love or, or support a position we don't necessarily agree with 100%. Um, and it's important for us to be an advocate for the other party. Now, I personally, as a lawyer, I, I've, I struggle with this. Uh, and I, I, I really, if I've got a client that I ultimately don't like, uh, I have, I, I, or if I don't believe them, right? If I think they're a fraud, I, I, I can't do it. I, I just, I'm, I'm, it's impossible. But nonetheless, in law school, a really great uh, exercise was always to give, you know, give, here's your, here's your position. Now argue for it. And when it wasn't your actual position or something you agreed with, you had, you had to study it and think about it. And this creates growth, of course, and intellectual uh, maturing that is, that is something that can come uh, from, a, from an exchange of ideas. But the, the other extreme of this, of course, that was happening, and I, I keep coming back to this, is that you know, you, you, if you challenge something, some dogma, an accepted, universally accepted thing, for example, if you challenged any facet of the government's COVID mitigation strategy, all of a sudden you wanted people to die. And you were, more importantly, you were branded as, as someone giving out dangerous misinformation. 
And the position that Twitter had uh, was – and Facebook and you know, Instagram even – is, look, if the, the people are going to die because of what that idiot Sam Rajofsky writes, on, writes on, on, on his social media account. But we're finding out now is a lot of what I wrote and many of you wrote a year ago, a year and a half ago even – uh, now, with the passage of time, it's uh, looking like maybe some of it was quite correct. And even if it wasn't, okay, and this is a very important thing, even if it wasn't, it still did not warrant being deleted, being silenced, being you know sloughed off to the to the shadows, the having the the you know whatever formula they use, having that content be removed to the you know to the back of the uh, bottom of the feed so that nobody would ever see it. And people like Alex Berenson who questioned the vaccines, I mean, that was the greatest sin. When, when Alex Berenson, right, this is a reporter for the New York Times, I talked about his lawsuit quite a bit because it is still proceeding against Twitter. And I think if they reinstatement, reinstate him, what happens is that's his whole, that's what he wants back in damage. He wants an injunctive, he wants injunctive relief to allow him to be back on Twitter. So the lawsuit effectively would end if they, if they you know, took away his ban. But I think, you know, what, you know, what his whole thing was, he put out a tweet saying that he thinks that the vaccine isn't a vaccine, that it's a therapeutic. You have to keep taking it, right, in order to keep up its efficacy. This is not like smallpox or it's not like, you know, uh, any of the other commonly known that you take it once and you're, you're, you're inoculated. No, this is you got to keep taking it. So his point was is it's a therapeutic. And he got banned for that. How is this dangerous misinformation? Again, a very crazy subjective standard. Okay. Today, when we come back uh, from the break, I just want to warn you right now, we will have Ash back here in the hot seat. I want to ask her about this uh, Johnny Depp trial. I know, folks, I know it's a little TMZ for some of you, but there are some interesting legal issues uh, taking place. And it's a trial that I don't think is going quite the same way uh, quite the way that people thought it would, okay? And I think it ties into this entire conversation about, about, about how we present information and how we accept information, how we're willing to look at information from a different point of view. And sometimes there's a narrative, right? With COVID, there was a narrative. With Trump, there's a narrative. Um, and, and, and then, of course, with Me Too, there's a narrative. So when you have a frail-looking sweet angelic actress such as amber heard you know she gets up there and she well she's just the, she's the victim right you can't challenge that i haven't talked about this yet bill murray one of my favorite favorite all-time actors i think uh really he must be one if there's a movie with bill murray i will go see it there's news out there now that there is some scandal on the set of his most recent movie uh, the filming had to be interrupted. There were allegations against him. You know, and no one can really get up and, and say, or couldn't <laughs> get, get on social media without getting pilloried and say, look, let's just wait for the facts to come in. I, that's always been my thing. Due process, wait for the facts again. Let's see how this all plays out. And that position right there is branded very quickly. Anti-woman, anti-Me Too. You don't believe the victims. I believe... I want to believe everybody until there's a process that runs its course and we determine 
as best as we possibly can what the truth is. And that is, again, I guess it comes from me being a lawyer and looking at it that way, but I, I, I think this is a very important thing for us to do. So the, the trial here, all the details are coming out. And all of our suppositions, all of our ideas of how, you know, it, we thought it was going, we thought it would be, all that, all that is, you know, being challenged a little bit. So we'll have Ash on right when we come back. You don't want to miss it. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk 840 KXNT. Comfortable and confident is how Sam and Ash injury law clients feel after the very first call. Comfortable knowing they have decades of personal injury experience. Confident there's reputation and trust to resolve cases and to do what's right. Sam and Ash injury law offers platinum legal service to anyone who contacts them. Quality matters. Integrity matters. Who you hire to protect and represent you matters. If you've been hurt in an accident, choose Sam and Ash injury law. 702-820-1234 or SamandAshLaw.com because you deserve what's right. Bottom of the hour, you're listening to What's Right with Sam and Ash, News Talk 840 KXNT. Uh, look, friends, it's been a while. She's been working hard here at the uh, here at the firm, and so I've been kind of taking the show here by the horns. Ash is back with us behind the Sam an Ash microphone. Ash, how are you? I'm great. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. Thanks uh, for, for coming on with us. It's good to have you uh, back uh, here in the studio. So I I have to, I know, this, I said right before the break, this is a little bit of a type of a TMZ story, except that it's kind of not. And what I mean by this is, of course, the lawsuit between uh, Johnny Depp, Amber Heard, when the whole story broke, right, the, 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 all the issues that are being litigated right now in court, under oath, with evidentiary rules in place, we're finding out that the story in court is very different from the story that we were told when it was breaking as a news story and when a lot of people were drawing certain conclusions about Johnny Depp calling him certain things and ultimately resulted in him losing a number of lucrative acting opportunities. Uh, and we've talked about this on the show, of course, due process goes out the window when it comes to Me Too, when it comes to racism and wh whatever. You know, is you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. My question to you is, is Johnny, you know, I know he was guilty in the public minds of being a, a, an, a, an abusive human, and mistreating a woman. My question is, uh, was he guilty until proven innocent? Is some of this that's coming out in the trial, is it exonerating him in the court of public opinion? What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if he's being exonerated, but uh, Amber Heard is definitely taking the blows in this case. I don't think, I think this lawsuit really for Johnny Depp, he's never claimed to be a saint. He's always been, I'm artistic, I have addiction issues, I'm not perfect, um, but I never abused Amber Heard. I never physically hurt her or hit her. Um, and then Amber Heard came out and the whole premise of this lawsuit is based on an op-ed that Amber Heard wrote in, I believe, 2018, saying, you know, she was an abuse victim and she stood up to it and came forward. And, and now she's 
facing all this backlash. And so it was kind of a, we need to do better society. And then you're reading, and then you're hearing all the arguments and the recordings through this lawsuit. And she was no saint. She was actually a terrible, terrible human to him. So I think I less vindication for Johnny and more uh, reputation ruin for Amber Heard is how I'm seeing it. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about the process because I think lost in the whole back and forth and people are watching clips and seeing the little aha gotcha moments. And and I'm with you, you know, he doesn't come out looking particularly good. It's It's pretty amazing how someone that is so talented, right, that we are all familiar with from his various movies and roles is really a, a, a human being. He's, he's a total mess of a human being. But the, the case, the case, the crux of it is that, you know, as you said, this article comes out, Amber Heard writes this op-ed. She doesn't name Johnny Depp as, you know, the accuser, but, um, you know, nod, nod, wink, wink kind of but a thing. But the timeline matched up. The time, correct, right? It, somebody I was with around the same time that she was with publicly, no, it's public information, right? So he sues her for $50 million. And, and, the, and again, his damages come from him losing, for example, his contract with Disney to star in another Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Which are it's real damages, right? That's real. You can you can put a a dollar figure on that, uh, and have that be, you know, have that be something that uh, that that you can get money for. Am I correct? Right. Yeah. And so he's doing that. He's putting his case for it. And as part of the case is, from your you know from you looking at it and seeing the evidence has you know central to it. He's got to prove that he abused her. And no, I've no, seen no. he has the, to prove that. That there, he didn't. Right. Right. Yeah, he has, sorry. So he has to prove that he didn't. And and how's that going? I don't think it's going to go well. I, look, it's really difficult. He's going to have to have firm evidence that it's not true. And and I don't know if that exists. I mean, we're going through still his case in chief right now. And the evidence is really just showing that they were both verbally abusive. There was items thrown by her he sustained injuries but i don't know if he's going to be able to put together enough factual evidence to fully refute any and all claims that he physically hurt her i just don't know it's a high bar right i mean she's and when you say her case in chief what you mean is he's putting on his case first because he's the plaintiff so he goes first then then she, as the defendant, is allowed to. She will present her her claim with her list of witnesses. So, it's not it's not completely unusual to have a plaintiff's case in the beginning go very well because you haven't heard from her witnesses yet. Right, you haven't heard from her witnesses, and his and his evidence so far is not a slam dunk showing that he absolutely didn't. I just I'm not seeing it. It, that he's even said he's testified that at some point his hands were on her and he was trying to get out of an altercation. And so whether that resulted in a bruise, I don't know. I mean, it's this is all it's this is the the most difficult part of these cases is that he said she said nature. Oddly enough, there is so much recorded uh, conversations between these two um, that we are getting more insight into this type of relationship than I think anyone has ever heard before. 
Um, and then one of the most interesting things, Sam, is her defense team is trying to claim anti-slap protections, which we've discussed here on the show before with regards to Vital Vegas when the Sahara sued him for his tweet about rumors of a sale, remember? Yeah, I do, absolutely. Yeah, so, so now Amber Heard's t- team is, a, is trying to utilize those similar protections saying her op-ed is immune from this type of lawsuit that Johnny Depp's bringing forward because it was a matter of public concern. So this is, it's actually a legally fascinating case. While it's got all the juice and details that TMZ followers and page six viewers love, um, like myself, I, legally it's very interesting. I, uh, I agree, I agree. I, th- I think though he has a case you know he's definitely showing that there's an an a, a grievance that is has is merits you know a, a a court proceeding to sort it all out and one thing that was really sad in his testimony i've got the soundbite of it is just hearing him talk about his his anguish of not being able to um of really not being able to say goodbye to his character you know Jack Sparrow and not being able to close it out that that was yeah. something he was really looking forward to I mean, let me play that here real quick my feeling was that these characters should be able to have their proper goodbye as it were a franchise can only last for so long um, and um, there's a way to end a franchise like that and I thought that the characters deserved to to have their their way out of to to, to end the the franchise on a on a on a very good note and I planned on continuing I until it was time to stop it's sad it's devastating it's it really is and I you know I'm regardless of how this case pans out for Johnny, I do think people were, were, are more sympathetic to him. I am. I'm very sympathetic to him based on what he endured with uh, Amber. And, you know, I, I, I hope Disney, maybe after seeing what he went through, they do something right by him and the character. So Yeah, I, I, I think that, but I think the other takeaway is that, is that we, we're so quick in a rush to judgment about things based on imperfect, incomplete facts. Yeah. And she, if nothing else, is a manipulative piece of work. Absolutely. And, and, and she manipulated all of it. Well, first of all, she manipulates him because it's very clear in this testimony how how deceitful she is with him and how how really just emotionally tortuous she is to him. But beyond that, she then manipulates the public and, and uses her high profile to benefit herself at the expense of this partner or ex-partner and and ruins his career. But then we all as society put the final nail in the coffin when we say off with his head and no, and absolutely Disney should do the right thing and, and, and off with him. And by the way, I'd like to point out, this is the company right now that is mm-hmm. crying about getting you know, getting cut cut off essentially from the uh, from the public teat by uh, by by Florida because Florida doesn't like something that they're doing, 
But, you know, this is a company that's quick to cut ties with people on a whim. And they're quick to just back out of things. They certainly backed out of, out of Johnny Depp, and and they backed out of this this whole franchise over over nothing. So you know, I it, it, finally I would say the the, <laughs> the my conclusion on this is that it all came back. It's now coming back to bite Disney, and 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 they should think twice about it next time. So I I, I agree with you on that. Yeah, and that's what ultimately I don't know if Johnny Depp's going to win. Amber Heard's not going to win her counterclaims. And so regardless of the outcome of this lawsuit, I hope we as a society become less quick to determine and declare someone absolutely guilty of all allegations against them, especially regarding relationships. There's so much that we don't know and there's so, uh, it's so tough to really evaluate it and it's always one-sided. So hopefully we now all can be a little more like hesitant and wait until this stuff all unravels so we can make a decision before we ruin someone's life. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Listen, if you can, can you hang on with us through the break? Uh, and I'd like to get your impression. I just want to ask you a little bit about Twitter. And then Trump, the first half of his interview ran last night, uh, him and Pierce Morgan going Ooh. at it. Uh, I have I have a clip I want to get your impression on, if I may, if I may drop that on you. Uh, so if if you don't mind, Ash, we'll we'll hold on to you through the break. Uh, get you here for another segment. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk eight forty KXNT. We'll be back right after this. Bam! Here we go. What's right with Sam and Ash? News Talk eight forty KXNT. Sam and Ash here. Here we are. Ash is in studio with us and we're grateful to have you ash i'm grateful to be here real quick here i don't want to keep beating the twitter horse dead but it is fabulous news a lot of uh, certainly a lot of conservatives rejoicing about this uh in part because musk promises to do away with uh, most if not all subjective content-based speech restriction on twitter which of course has been the bet noir of the conservative right on that platform. Now, what say you about all this? I think that's the the right move. I'm, you have a great point of Twitter being the modern day public square where we go and we all shout our opinions, whether they're political or food related or anything of that nature. And so to be making content-based restrictions or decisions about what gets to be seen and heard uh, is like, violates the First Amendment. And I know Twitter is a private company now, but it will still, based on being deemed the modern-day public square, um, it'll be deemed subject to First Amendment protections, meaning you can't do uh, t uh, content-based restrictions, which is what was going on and which is what frustrated so many people in the last presidential election and to this day. Are you surprised that all these people are crying that they don't want, that they are getting off of Twitter and they're just, the world is ending and democracy as we know it is dead? I mean, what what do you say to these people? What, what are, what's, your, what's your visceral reaction 
when you see these these responses. When I see those tweets or comments, I go, well, you didn't move to Canada when Trump was elected president and you said you would. So I'm sure you'll still be here tomorrow when Elon Musk takes over. So I'm yeah. not surprised. Yeah. People are so dramatic and they, they're just fussy. People get under each other's skin right now. And Elon Musk right now is having the same effect that Trump had on people back in the day and still does. I mean, people hear the name and they just squeal. And I don't know why. Uh, well, right. Well, I would say this. There's the same... It's the same effect that Trump had certainly back in 2016 when people didn't really know even what he was about. And their their squealing was based on purely on an, an, a kind of an emotional reaction to this yeah. to this large alpha guy who just didn't, you know, fuss with your pronouns, right? He just he just kind of barreled through and it was it was very feelings based, which a lot of mm -hmm. these folks are feelings based. Funny enough, speaking of Trump, yesterday he issued a statement saying he would not be getting on the new platform uh, on tr on Twitter, back on Twitter even if if Musk allowed him back in. Of course, his account was famously uh eliminated back in January of 21. And my reaction to that, I don't know what you think, but my reaction is like heck he's going to stay away. Same like yeah. all these all these people that love to go on Twitter and are saying I'm out of here. I'm I'm look at me. 3 2 1. I'm I'm unplugging. I'm I'm uh, deactivating my 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 login, my account. Uh, they're they're going to be if they really did it, they're going to be back. Uh, you know, because being off of Twitter might actually be worse to them than living in Canada, believe it or not. And and they're just not going to be able to stay away. And I, and and by the way, the, the the lefties on there that are on there are saying that they're going to stay. I think that's good. I, I think it's it's the right thing. And and it's what it's the platform. You know, opinions that we agree with and don't agree with should all be able to to clash and 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 fight and 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 hopefully in a way that that is is meaningful to to, to converting at least some people or informing some people of of where they ought to fall. So um, yeah. I think Trump will be be back on this side. I'm not buying what he's saying, but you're absolutely right. I agree. Twitter's great. I think everyone should stay conservative, liberal, whatever you are. Be on this platform. Voice your opinions. Engage in discourse. It's okay um, to hear thoughts that are different than yours. And that's why I I'm I want everyone to flock to Twitter rather than creating parlor and whatever else so we can all go silo and be in an echo chamber of similar thinkers, go and, and challenge your thoughts and opinions. It's funny you said that because I went on par right when Parler was announced. I, okay, I'm going to go on Parler, which I believe is a company here based in, in Vegas somewhere, like in Henderson anyway. Um, and, and Parler, to be perfectly honest with you, it sucks. And the reason it sucks is because, yes, what you said, echo chamber. I go on there and everybody's like, mega. Yeah, I just don't. It, it, why? That's so dumb. It's so boring. It's so lame. I I want to hear from people who I want to hear from people who are going to boil my blood a little bit. I go on there to raise my temperature, not to fall asleep. Yeah, and, and you know, <clears throat> if you have opinions, it's okay to test them. If you know, I I love conversations that make me second guess whether I I agree with them or not, and so I. 
Look, I think this is great. I, I'm really excited and hopeful. And I'm just, I hope that Elon Musk is able to carry out the change that we all are optimistic about. Yeah, and, and I, that's another great point you bring up because I think a lot of people on the, on the right, I'm delighting in the fact that these, that these weasels that were running Twitter are now going to get fired. I mean, I, I just have a strong, knowing a little bit about Musk and his background and his history, he's going to start whacking these people left and right. <laughs> and I cannot wait for some of these people with all of their pronouns to be on the unemployment uh, in the unemployment line. Excuse me, that's Z to you. <laughs> um, whatever they write on the check to cash the unemployment, whatever. All right, I'm going to leave that. So I'm enjoying it for that. But you know what? There's a lot of projection going on too. Let's be real. We're, yeah. we're you know, he's saying free speech, but what does that really mean? You know, how is it all really going to play out? How quickly will the change occur? Well, I remain optimistic and I'm I'm willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, but I think... It's very well possible it may not be exactly what everyone is now hoping it's going to be. So time will tell on that. Uh, but I would do want to, before we, uh, the hour's almost gone again, I want to talk about the Trump interview. Pierce Morgan, who himself got basically canceled from British TV, Good Morning Britain, major TV show in England, uh, Great Britain. He was booted off of it because he, you know, was not nice about Meghan Markle. Regardless, his big comeback at a competing network, you can see the interview on Fox Nation. Uh, he he went on. I'm I'm. I will tell you this. We're out of time, but it was so robust. Ash, he was he came back kicking. He came back fighting, and and he's right on so many things. We're gonna get more into it tomorrow, and we have a little bit more time. But um, maybe you can come join us uh, as well then, and and we can get into some of this. But maybe we, I will. Yeah. Okay. Well, great to great to have you here, and always fun to see you. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so tomorrow we're going to get into this Trump interview because I tell you, this is good stuff. All right, friends, just like that, a radio hour gone in the can away and away. If you need any portion of the show, Ash, where do people go? Spotify or Apple podcasts. What's right with Sam and Ash. There it is. All right, folks. We'll see you again tomorrow. Have a great day.